Welcome to episode 80 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about the Montana GOP's definition of leadership, which includes lying, bullying, committing fraud, and being held in contempt. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. Well, the results of the 2022 election are in, and the red wave in Montana continued. Now, the Republicans have full control, a supermajority, in the Montana House and the Montana Senate. With the ability to enact conservative policies across the board, the Republicans have been handed a great responsibility. And with that responsibility, of course, comes accountability to all Montanans, regardless of political party. And legislative leadership is required in order to move the public policy ball down the field. Our legislative leaders will be charged with meeting challenges of managing the House and Senate, which can be a little like herding chickens. They're also charged with crafting the best possible public policy, creating consensus out of dissension, communicating with the public and key administration officials, and protecting and promoting the Montana legislative institution. So... As the Republican legislators met to pick their leadership, like Senate President, Speaker of the House, whips, majority leaders, you would think they would pick the most qualified folks for these key positions and folks who have the leadership skills and background reflective of conservative and Montana values. Well, there were some hits and misses, some monumental misses, and the misses are pretty astounding. But sadly, they are also consistent with the Montana GOP's pattern over the past four years. As Dwight Eisenhower said, The supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible, no matter whether it is on a section gang, a football field, in an army, or in an office. The legislature in Montana is charged with enacting laws and appropriating the money necessary to operate the government. This is an enormous responsibility, and those legislators that have leadership positions must have reliable integrity and character for Montanans to be confident that their tax dollars will be well-managed. No hidden agendas, just respect for rule of law, for separation of powers, and folks who are not puppets to lobbyists. Those that don't take prepackaged legislation from out-of-state interests and throw it into the hopper without checking whether the legislation is necessary, not duplicative of already existing legislation, and as conservatives, legislation that follows the Republican principles of less government, fiscal restraint, and utilizing existing laws rather than adding new ones. These are reasonable expectations, right? And the folks best equipped to ensuring a conservative approach to legislating should be the elected legislative leaders. So let's see, Montana, if reviewing the qualifications of the leaders elected by the Republican legislators are up to the task. First, we have Representative Sue Vinton from Billings, who is elected House Majority Leader. Ms. Vinton has served in the House since 2017, so she has experience as a legislator and knows how the legislature in Montana functions and should function. She hasn't been particularly successful at getting her proposed bills across the finish line, with many dying in process or in standing committee. She did get a bill through the legislature in 2019, 
only to have it vetoed by Governor Bullock. She has a professional background that includes being a paralegal and a general contractor. She is very popular in her district, winning her races by large majorities. She was elected as House Majority Leader for the 2021 session, so she rose through the ranks pretty quickly as a legislator. With that experience, she should easily be able to manage a second term as House Majority Leader. Next, we have Rhonda Knutson from Colbertson, who was elected Speaker Pro Tempore for the House. That just means she subs in for the Speaker when needed. Ms. Knutson has been a legislator since 2018. Her son happens to be the Attorney General, Austin Knutson, and when Austin turned out in the House, Ms. Knutson ran for Austin's legislative seat, which she now holds. Ms. Knutson's professional background is as a civil engineer working for the federal government. Ms. Knutson appears to have restraint in the number of bills she throws in the hopper, which, as conservatives, we believe is a good thing. Her sponsored bills include expanding the practice of telemedicine, which supports the rural areas of Montana, requiring public notice for centerline rumble strip placement, which supports many rural Montanans living near rumble strip highways, and extending state land block grants for schools, which helps all Montana kids. She is also very popular in her home district, which we would hope is the case since she was born and raised in her home district. So while we have lots of criticisms about her son, we think Ms. Knutson's track record, at least in her background and sponsored bills, bodes well for Montana. In the Senate, Steve Fitzpatrick out of Great Falls was elected majority leader. And thank God he got the nod because there was a herd of wackadoos running for the position. Mr. Fitzpatrick is from my hometown, Great Falls, and is an attorney there. Steve served in the House for eight years, from 2011 to 2017, and after he termed out, he moved to the Senate. He is in his second term as senator, having been elected in 2016 and again in 2020. He has won his seat by large margins and remains very popular as a conservative in Great Falls. In his first race for the House, he flipped a Democrat-held seat to Republican, which generally reflects a strong work ethic and an ability to persuade. His bills are your bread-and-butter conservative bills, mostly business and red tape-reducing bills. He is a good fit for the majority leader position and monumentally better than any other candidate for that position. But the two big-ticket positions, that of Speaker of the House and Senate President, reflect a swing and a miss among Republican legislators. First, we have Matt Regeer, who was elected Speaker of the House. Matt hails from Kalispell. He owns a sod farm and indicates he also invests in real estate. He is part of the Regeer dynasty in the Montana legislature, similar to the Knutsons. He is the son of Keith Regeer, who also serves in the Montana Senate, and sister of Amy Regeer, who serves in the House. Matt attended the Dallas Theological Seminary, an evangelical theological seminary known for popularizing the theological system dispensationalism. Dispensationalism holds that both the Old Testament and New Testament are interpreted using literal grammatical historical interpretation. As a result, they reject the idea that the meaning of the Old Testament was hidden and that the New Testament can alter the straightforward meaning of the Old Testament. Their view of progressive revelation is that the New Testament contains new information which can build on the Old Testament but cannot change its meaning. So if you're looking for a literal application of the Bible, you will find it in dispensationalism. 
And that would make sense when you hear about what Matt's bills generally are about. After the seminary, Matt went to Western Montana College in Dillon in 1999. It took him six years to get his undergraduate degree in business. He's a member of the Montana Family Foundation, the Montana Right to Life, and the Small Business Compliance Advisory Council. He started in the House of Representatives in 2017, and his voting record is consistent with his father's and his sister's. He is not married and has no children, but deems himself fit to take positions on parenting issues with respect to children's education and medical care. He has also submitted bills on marriage laws, which is interesting. He championed repealing Missoula's local option sales tax and doesn't believe, based upon his bills and votes, in the Republican principle of local control. He believes he should dictate Missoula's tax fate, not the people that actually live in Missoula. He's the guy that pushed the horseshit LR-131 Born Alive Act that is duplicative of already existing Montana law and harms parental rights to care for their terminally ill children. And of course, since he has no children, he deems himself an expert on both parental rights and medicine. He was a member of the PAC, Doctors for a Healthy Montana, even though he's a sod farmer, not a doctor. The only doctor in that pack was Annie Bukacek. So there were no doctors, plural, just Annie. And of course, that pack was not formed for any purpose medically related, of course not. Instead, it was composed of, quote, Conservative Christians, strong supporters of the Second Amendment and champions of lower taxation and government regulation. But they use the term doctors to give their messaging credibility, regardless of the fact that their focus was on anything but healthcare. Nothing illegal about that, but it's shady as shit. In a survey response, Regeer reported that he strongly believes public schools in Montana are overfunded that abortion should be banned in all stages of pregnancy with the following exceptions, rape and incest. He believes the Montana Constitution should be amended to ban abortion. He believes only heterosexuals should be able to adopt children. And he believes that same-sex marriage should be banned. Regeer seems to focus on social issues more than anything else, and in particular... (laughs) the social issues involved in raising children that he has zero familiarity with. Why the Republicans chose him to be speaker is beyond us because his record is not one of leadership. Coincidentally, Matt's dad sought to be elected as Senate president at the same time that Matt was seeking the Speaker of the House position. If that doesn't make you want to vomit, I don't know what will. Having the top members of both of the chambers, the Senate and the House, as father and son has a very high ick factor and associated, clearly associated, egomania. Gross. It's just gross. And they are also, the Regeer family, members of the We're Betters. Oh, really? The Northwest chapter of the We're Betters. We're Betters than everybody else? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's as bad as when Hillary and Bill Clinton worked in tandem as the president. Yuck. So Keith, Matt's dad, didn't get the position. And we could go on and on about Keith's record, but we'll pass. Thanks. (laughs) If you want to know the truth, the brains of the Regeer operation are located in Amy Regeer's head. She is clearly smarter than either her brother or father, but doesn't get anywhere near as much attention. 
All you need to know about Keith Regeer is that he is so bad that he was beat out for the Senate president job by a guy whose company was found liable for fraud and who recently lied to the Montana Highway Patrol and tried to bully and threaten a female trooper with her job. The guy, Jason Ellsworth. This is the guy who beat out Keith Regeer. That speaks volumes about both Regeer and Ellsworth. (laughs) (laughs) The guy the Republican legislators picked to lead the Senate is a liar, a fraud, and a bully. We talked about Ellsworth in episodes 47 and 71. Let's review this guy's character and integrity. Ellsworth is from Ravalli County and was elected to the Senate in 2019. In May of 2021, Ellsworth was charged with three misdemeanors resulting from a traffic stop. A state trooper clocked Ellsworth's vehicle traveling 86 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone around 10.20 p.m. So 10 o'clock at night, going 30 miles per hour over the speed limit in a construction zone. When pulled over, Ellsworth identified himself as a lawmaker and said he had stayed the night in Bozeman and was driving to Helena for a legislative meeting the next day. So what does being a legislator have anything to do with speeding at 10 o'clock at night? Absolutely nothing. But Ellsworth thinks that being a legislator means something. He's a big shot. So he made sure the highway patrol woman was well aware that he, Jason Ellsworth, is a big shot. When in all reality, he's just a bully. Yes, absolutely. So did Ellsworth just take the ticket like all of us do and go on his merry way? Nope. He did what anyone who has zero respect for law enforcement does. He throws his weight around and threatens the cop with the power of the attorney general's office and the power of her boss, who is the head of the highway patrol. And when the trooper demanded Ellsworth return to his vehicle, what did Ellsworth do? Refuse the commands. Kept walking towards her. So this genius, Ellsworth, waltzed right into being charged with reckless driving and obstructing a police officer as he refused to comply with repeated orders to return to his vehicle. Doesn't that sound like a solid, principled Republican? Someone who should be in leadership, right? So this guy gets these two charges, one including obstructing a police officer, and we know he was a liar and a fraud and a bully, and he was a Senate president pro tempore at the time. And so what do our current legislators think? Well, that doesn't knock him out of a leadership position. Shit, just keep rising him up. Vote him in as a Senate president. You get to go from pro tempore to Senate president, even though you have criminal convictions right in the middle. Yep, you just keep going. Just rise him up. Doesn't disqualify him for a higher office. Nope. Just waltz him right in. And was this the first time Ellsworth lied to the cops? Nope. He also happened to be pulled over another time and said he was late for an appointment with the governor. So he was seeking legislative immunity that every other Montanan doesn't have. And did he actually have a meeting with the governor? Nope. And what about his fraud? Oh yeah, let's review that too. See, Jason Ellsworth has owned a number of magazine subscription companies, including one named U.S. Magazine Services. And the Federal Trade Commission, through its joint law enforcement operation called, quote, Telephony, well, they (laughs) cracked down on Ellsworth and his shady business practices in 2008. They sued him, both through his business and personally. 
in an action called Federal Trade Commission versus your magazine provider, Inc., a corporation also doing business as periodicals and U.S. magazine services and Jason W. Ellsworth. Here's what Ellsworth was alleged to be doing to Montana consumers and consumers nationwide. Quote, in telemarketing calls to sell magazine subscriptions, Ellsworth and his staff misled consumers about the monthly charges for the subscriptions. While the actual price is sometimes disclosed in a later call after billing information is provided, some consumers only learned what they were charged or that they were charged at all after checking their credit card bill or debit account balance. Consumers who tried to cancel the subscriptions after providing billing information and then learning about the monthly charges were told that no cancellations were allowed, end quote. So his stellar business practices that he promotes as qualifying him for elected office include allegedly taking advantage of consumers and violating federal law. Now, Ellsworth will tell you that he settled with the FTC and didn't admit fault. But drat. That nasty public settlement agreement makes clear that Ellsworth was in no way vindicated. He agreed to pay a $600,000 fine and granted a lien on his property to secure payment, granted a lien to the federal government to secure payment of the fine. He also agreed, quote, that the facts as alleged in the complaint filed in this action shall be taken as true without further proof and further stipulate and agree that the facts alleged in the complaint establish all elements necessary, end quote. Finally, he was ordered and agreed to destroy all of his customer information so that he could never use it again. So he took advantage of his customers by deception, Montana consumers and customers, out-of-state consumers and customers, took advantage of them by deception for personal gain. And did he follow through with the commitments he made in his settlement agreement with the federal government? Nope. He chose not to comply with the terms of the settlement agreement that he agreed to and was held in contempt in 2014. So we got a guy who bullies, lies, commits fraud, doesn't follow through with his promises, takes advantages of Montanans, and this is the guy And then he's held in contempt of court. And this is the guy that the Republican legislators say, totally fit to lead the Senate. You're a leader. That guy's a leader. What a leader he is. Lucky us. So the Republican legislators picked Ellsworth to lead the Senate. A liar, a bully, a fraud, and someone who shuns the rule of law for personal gain. But of course, after all of this... The other criminal holding the highest office in Montana, Greg Gianforte, awards Ellsworth as a Montana ambassador for making an important difference by supporting Montana's entrepreneurs and job creators. (laughs) So after he pleads guilty to his recent offenses, Greg Gianforte awards Ellsworth, calls him a Montana ambassador, someone we should all look up to. The Republicans are now rewarding for bad behavior. Right. This is something the left does. Exactly. And when did he get this award from the governor who 
By the way, let us recall, the governor also lied to the cops when he committed assault during his congressional election. When did the governor decide to give Ellsworth this ambassador award? One week after pleading guilty to the offenses that stemmed from lying to and bullying the trooper. Well, why doesn't Gianforte just call it the bully award? Absolutely. Might as well. It's going to be a really interesting legislative session, folks. The Republican legislators that voted for Ellsworth clearly don't care about character, integrity, following the rule of law, or backing the blue. So what does that foretell for Montana's future? Who will we be after 2023? Judging by the Republican choices for top positions in the House and Senate, it's going to be a rough ride. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.